Um, we love Pastor Randy and Jeanette. They're dear to our hearts. Our pastor, Pastor Jim Marate, and Randy have been ministering together uh, for years, known each other for years. I believe pa our pastor, Pastor Jim, knew Randy when he still might have been on staff, I believe, at Chino Valley early, early on, um, but definitely knew him when the church got started here. And so with that, we've been connected for a year, but we love them, praying for your fellowship nonstop. Um, and I know uh, Pastor Randy, under the weather this morning, but you'll see him, I'm sure, Wednesday and possibly next Sunday. So, but he's, he's doing well, keep him in prayer. A um, little background on myself. Just, uh, so 1981, heard God's voice, just uh, early married young man, uh, uh, getting ready to have a first child, and heard God's voice, and at Calvary Chapel, uh, West Covina at the time, which is now Golden Springs, got saved. And was, that was amazing. I knew, except to Christ, I knew I was born again. Um, but that was about the extent of it. I went up, prayed. I knew there was a change, um, got into God's word a little bit, began to want it, but pretty quickly just kind of went a little bit sideways, not bad, didn't get back into the world, but just wasn't quite looking to him and making him Lord of my life. And like a lot of us, went into the wilderness that should have took about 20 days, um, how long take the Israelites? 40-something years, right? So I didn't quite, wasn't quite that for me, but it was, it was long enough. So the wilderness that led uh, to falling on my face, broken marriage, um, I won't bore you with the details, but end up going, Lord, I am nothing without you, and came back to him, um, remained in relationship with my children, which is wonderful, and now a uh, young single guy, not sure, but I love me Jesus. And God brings into my life this beautiful woman who, uh, yeah, absolutely. So this is Nina. So got saved, fellowship in at Calvary Chapel, uh, uh, Rancho Cucamonga, which is Transformation Calvary, known as Calvary Chapel Rancho Cucamonga, same, one and the same. Um, attending since 1988, hanging out fellowshipping, getting involved in ministry, and um, just serving the Lord, and just going along, men's ministry and such, and a little bit of leadership, trying to just, God, what do you have for me? And uh, in 1998, actually, was, we were on a, um, a tour of Israel with a big group, huge. It was like 200 people, four buses. One of the churches that went was Calvary Chapel Upland. So I remember really meeting Randy, I think, for the first time on that trip. But uh, on that trip, our pastor said, hey, Michael, I want you to pray about coming on staff at our church. So in Israel, got asked, came back home, went on, came on staff, got ordained in 99. And I've been uh, assisting Pastor Jim as assistant pastor since uh, 1998 over there, Calvary Chapel Ranch Cucamonga. So anyway, that's a little history on myself. So we're blessed. Um, this morning, watch open your Bibles to the book of Joel. That's a funny one to find. I can't tell you what page it is because I have an iPad here. But find, the, find those uh, little prophets 
and you will find Joel. Now they're called the minor prophets. Who knows why? Because there's not much about them. They really don't have much to say. Is that why they're minor? They're minor because they're small. They're small writing. They're, they're shorter of um, I, they're shorter than Isaiah. They're shorter than Jeremiah, which are the major prophets among some others. But Joel's one of the minor prophets only because of the size of the writings of that prophet. But the message, powerful. Well, a while back, I was, uh, d- during my regular reading, devotional time, uh, Joel, the book of Joel, came into that time. It just, I, I came to Joel. And I said, oh, cool, Joel. And I, I, obviously, I heard of the book of Joel, and if I couldn't tell you right now, but several real popular verses and prophecies in Joel. But I'm just reading, and um, <laughs> was reading in chapter 2 of Joel, and came across, and you can go to chap, uh, it's chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. And ran across this. Let's just read. Verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, and just real quickly, just a quick, quick, pretty general overview. Um, Joel, there's different views on when it was written. There's not a, a solid time frame of some scholars believe it was even before the exile. Some believe because of the writings that was uh, post-exilic time. They're not worried. I'm not worried about that. But what was going on, there was a, there was a major, uh, whether it was from the Lord, probably was, locust swarms devouring the land. Like clouds is part of what Joel describes it, dark clouds. We know that locusts were used throughout Israel's history. Uh, a lot of it was for judgment. A lot of it was because you've turned from me. You've turned from me, the Lord would say. Now I'm going to have you turn to me by causing you to look to me, if you will, through this. So this is going on, and God raises up this prophet Joel, and verse 12. This is a quick, that, there's a lot going on in the nation. And Joel gets stepped up, but this is part of what he said. Verse 12 says, now, therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you. And Lord, as we look at this uh, portion of scripture, and as you stopped me just in my regular greeting time, I pray that, Lord, you'd stop all of us. uh, And then each and every one of us are at a different spot with you uh, today and the different uh, situations in our lives. And uh, maybe someone here or someone hearing us right now doesn't know you truly as Lord and Savior, or maybe someone among us has turned from you, or Lord willing, many of us are walking with you and looking to you. You'd speak to all of us. We'd hear your voice as we read your word in Jesus' name. Father, I also want to lift up Pastor Randy 
And Jeanette, you'd be with them, uh, calm Jeanette's heart, be with her, raise up uh, Pastor Randy quickly, get over um, just whatever, uh, it's got him a little bit uh, under the weather now and, and lift him to. Thank you for him and the work you're doing. Uh, bless uh, this congregation, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So like I, like I shared, I'm going through my devotionals and going through this part of the scripture and um, as I'm reading it, uh, and, I, and I got to this portion, it just, again, I'd read it before, but when we got to that part in verse 13, it says, so rend your heart and not your garment. And I was going to continue just reading, and the Lord just stopped me, just caught me, stopped me. Um, and and I'm, I wrote down here, it, this thought just came. Lord, is my heart broken over my sins? Is, do I truly, does my heart, do I really get tore because of my own sin? That thought can, and other sins. Or do I just kind of tear my pocket? It says, rend your heart, not your pocket. A title this morning, if you'll, a broken heart or torn pocket. And just a challenge for myself, maybe a challenge for you too, is, Lord, does, does my sin, and even in others. And I appreciated what the band was sharing on just the way we view life and the way we view things, especially what's going on now. And there's so much. I mean, there's a lot of noise, and we all know it. It's like, and it's easy to get distracted and camp on one thing or look at one thing and let something fuel me up and get me mad. And there's a lot, and it's real. There's nothing fake about it. But Lord, do I, does it break my heart or do I just get mad? So today's message is, and as it stopped my heart, so it, it, it's, it arrested me for a second to go, Mike, I want you to really think about this. So this morning for us, that's what I want is just, I'm, I'm going to share my devotion with you in that sense of, Lord, break my heart. Show me what that looks like. You know, um, in Joel's day, rending or tearing of a garment was very common practice of someone grieving loss. Or, or even over their sin. Um, even today, there are certain uh, Jewish communities, um, definitely we've seen on TV, excuse me, <clears throat> Middle Eastern uh, cultures where you'll see weeping. Um, there's, there's even in the Bible, parts of weeping um, in nations near Israel. Even in Israel, there's people that are professional weepers. You'd hire even someone, hey, I'm going through this, or you know the situation, we're going to hire you to weep. And yet where the thought that came to my mind, okay, I see that, and I mean, I could grab my pocket. I'm not, this is a new shirt. I'm not going to grab my pocket. <laughs> but would you buy a shirt for that? Would you put a shirt on? And this is my weeping shirt. I'm just going to tear it. Where is the heart there? I'm just ripping my garment. The Lord said, Rend your heart, not your garment. And so um, with that uh, and this history from, from Joel of what's going on, I just thought, how do we, where's our heart? Where's my heart? And then, how, and the question came to me, how do I keep my heart correct? How do I, how can I keep, because I know you all, you have it and we've got it, but Again, I appreciate, as the band shared, 
with all that's going on, it's easy. I mean, our hearts get pounded. We know that if you, you pound on something long enough, our hearts are seeing so much and so much is going on. What happens when something gets pounded over and over? Well, if you took your hand and you kept rubbing it on something or pounding it, calluses get built up. It gets harder and harder and harder and harder, gets thick. I mean, God built that into our bodies to protect. But in my heart, if I don't keep it soft, I don't keep it correct, if I don't keep it open to the Holy Spirit working, it's getting pounded and pounded, what can happen? Because that's happened to me. At moments, it can get hard. And if my heart gets hard, then I'm not, I'm not sensitive to him. I'm not really sorrowful over my sin. I'm not sensitive to that. I'm not for others around me as my heart get broke. So I go, so tonight's message is really going to be how do I keep my heart correct? But a little bit back to Joel's time. I was going, just a little bit of background so I can see, but I found this, uh, actually it's called the Olive Tree Overview. It's just an app you can find. But I really liked what, how, they put down this um, kind of an overview, just a small, small portion of it, of Joel's book of reading. But he, and I'm going to just read this from the Olive Tree Overview. I, I found it interesting. It says, with no direct, and this is straight from Olive Tree Overview, with no direct historical references, the precise, precise date of Joel's writing is uncertain. Some scholars suggest that Joel wrote his prophecies before the Babylonian exile while others see more evidence in his writings for a post-exilic uh, setting. Joel's message may be difficult to date, but his proclamation of repentance and God's loving mercy is timeless. Ultimately, the minor prophet sets up a hope in God's salvation, which the New Testament proclaims is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. I, that, isn't that the whole point? God's salvation in Jesus Christ. Why are we here? The purpose we're here. Lord, keep my heart soft. So three points came to mind as I was thinking about this on how to keep our heart correct. And a lot of this is just going to be encouragement and reminder this morning, guys. Some of it might be like, gosh, I, I've, I've left that. Oh, God, wow, that's how I felt. Wow, I've, I've not kept sh my heart soft on that. Some of it might be brand new and going, Lord, I, I need forgiveness. I need to repent because I've not kept that. But here's the three points that are going to that came to my mind, uh, how to keep a correct heart. Uh, remain close to Jesus. Remember his attributes and repeat his actions. So as we go through these Joel stories, uh, Verses, just these few, let's look at these points. So um, Joel 2, 13 again, and just that first portion of that verse. It says, return to the Lord your God. You can see that uh, a little bit down. So verse 13 says, so rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Remain close to Jesus. First point, Lord, if I remain close to you, Verse 12, uh, little, uh, we read before, says, turn to me with all your heart. So first thought came, first, again, this might seem very elementary, but really to consider, Lord, how do I keep my heart soft? Do I truly know the Lord? 
to really keep that in mind, God, do I know you? And right now, a lot of you are going, yes, I do. I know the Lord. He, he is my Savior. But Lord, to know, to know, to know, to know that, Lord, do I know. Um, I can't really be sorry or truly repent apart from Jesus. So how can we, or I, make sure we know him? Again, this may seem very simple, but it's good reminders. How do I know and be sure that I know him? The first question comes in, have you truly, do I truly have had an experience with him? Am I born again? John 3, 3. You guys are very familiar with it, but I'm going to turn there. Probably up on the board for you. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, speaking to Nicodemus that night, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We may, whatever your story is, all of you have a story. All of you have a point of where you received Christ as your Savior. All of you know that that point of receiving him was a birth. How, how do we keep that birth fresh? How do we know? How do we nurture that? How does any baby stay healthy? By keeping fed, staying in the word of God. So if you've left your devotional time, if you're not, if you're getting busy, which we all can, but to where, God, I've not really been opening your word like I was. I remember when I first got saved, I was so excited and opening your word like every morning. I'd be sure I, I, I had that half hour or 20 minutes or five minutes that I'm opening your word, staying in the word of God. That is what's going to fuel that relationship with him. You know, we don't have these verses up there, but from that, John, and you stay right there at John 3, Jesus continued. Actually, Nicodemus responded in verse 4. It said, Nic Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he continues on in verse 8. I'm going to jump over to verse 8 for a second. How do you know that you're born again? What does that look like? And Jesus explained this to him. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. To know that I know him, and this is just a personal challenge for me, one for you. To know that you know him. Think about this picture that Jesus gave. He said, the wind, can we see the wind? Can't see the wind. What do we see? The effects of the wind. You guys are out here in Upland. I don't know if you all live here in Upland, but going further east, and if you keep going near where we live by the 15 freeway, um, we see a lot of effects of the wind, like roofs blowing, rocks are blowing. No, rocks don't blow. But we see the effects, and I just think about that, because we can fly over this, you guys. We go, oh, and you're thinking, come on, pastor. I mean, we've been here for, I've been at church for like five years. 
I've been here like 15 years. You're talking about you must be born again. Of course I know that. I'm talking about what the challenge of Jesus' explanation of what born again is, that if, if I am saved, if I have the Spirit of God in me, it's going to be seen. You're going to see him in me. I know that. So if there's a challenge if you're going, well, God, when, well, what, I got to share Jesus with everybody I see? That's not what he said. What, when I, like, if I go and I'm in the parking lot, I put tracks on car windshield, whether or not look, don't do that. So, and, or what, okay, I, I carry a sign. You let the Holy Spirit speak to you. God, do people see Christ in me? Is the effects of you being seen? That's just a personal challenge. I'm going to take it. I'm in my devotions. I'm reading Joel, and God stops me to look at this. So I get to share that with you guys. I'm going to stop you with that. Lord, to know that I know you, I, got, I know that I, I'm born again. I know I've had a spiritual birth. Is that being seen? Or am I just kind of going through, waiting for the rapture to come and to get out of here? Or are you seen? What's another way to, how can we be sure that we know him? Go to, um, we're, we're in John now. Go to chapter 10 of John. Look at verse 27 with me, please. What's another way? If I, I know that I'm, I know him, I've had a spiritual birth. How else would I know? Do I hear his voice? When the Lord speaks, do I hear him? Uh, verse 27 of John 10 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28 and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. God, do I hear your voice? Or has it been a while since I heard your voice? Again, this is just a challenge to me. Is God, am I, am I waiting on you? I love one of the songs today. Be still. I, gotta, I have a difficult time with that, of just being still. Because if I'm, I'm the kind that if I'm not doing, moving, taking care of something, moving something, it just, I feel, if I just sit, that's difficult for me. I don't know if that's difficult for you. But for me, just to be quiet. Because maybe I can sit still, but I'm talking to be still and then listen and even right now I'm going okay Mike when's the last time you were still wow Lord I mean to, I can't put a date to it but I'm like well maybe it's been a second of just being still because we think that's I'm wasting time. At least my mind goes there. I'm not doing something. And I'm not saying he can't speak to you when you're driving your car. Of course he can. Are you doing something? Or you're tightening up something? Or you're washing dishes? Or you're cooking something? God, of course God can speak to you. Could the, and then he says, my sheep hear my voice. So being open 
Lord to speak to me. A great way to do that is being in his word. God, speak to me. And I can read, and we have our Bibles, and that's awesome, or iPad, or your phone. But if I'm just, and I, and I can do this, I'm just, I'm doing my Devo. Oh, I did it. I'm done. I did my Devo. I'm not saying that's, that's better than not doing your Devo, but to say, God, speak to me. So hear his voice. Do you hear his voice? Still in the book of John. Third point of and the question of this part of remaining close to Jesus is, how can we make sure we know him? I've had a spiritual birth. I hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. So if you haven't heard his voice, don't, get, don't be all, oh, I'm not his. I don't hear his voice. Give opportunity to hear his voice. Lord, speak to me. I want to hear you. Uh, chapter 14 of John. Third point of this, how do we sure that we know him? Chapter 14, verse 15. Oops. Probably up on the board for you. And Lord, do I love you? I've had a spiritual birth. I know that I have. Yeah, like I went forward at a harvest crusade. I know, but okay, yeah, that could have happened then, absolutely. But it could have just been that you wanted to go in the baseball field and get down there on the grass. Or at your church, oh, hey, I, I, I prayed. I went forward. Great. You could have been born again right then. But that doesn't mean you were born again right then. It's that you've had a birth, that there's truly been the old man was replaced with that new life. Lord, I hear your voice. Or today I'm going to give opportunity to hear your voice. Not my pastor's voice, not this guest speaker's voice. Your voice, Lord. And do I love you? It says in verse 15 of John 14. So John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's going to speak for itself. If you love me, keep my commandments. Do you love the Lord? James uh, reminds us to be doers of the word. Um, in, the, in the Gospels, in the uh, Beatitudes, um, Matthew ends uh, those beatitudes with the person who hears these sayings of mine and what? Does them. I'll liken him to a person who built his house upon the rock. And so when the rains come, the rains descended, the floods come, um, that house won't fall. Matthew 7, 24, like I just mentioned, uh, that's our pastor's life verse. I love that, that he, and he expresses that often. He goes back to that often and reminds us he has a life verse. We don't, you don't have to have a life verse. There's nothing in scripture that says you must have, thou shalt have a life verse. Because a lot of us could say, the Bible, that's my life verse. 
Or there is one, and maybe it changes, that, man, that verse really spoke to me. That just shows you yourself that, you're, that you are a child of God. That ver- was that verse from? That's God's word. He spoke to you. That's, that's a confirmation that you are his. But having a life verse, do you have a life verse? You don't have, I'm not saying you better get one, but it's awesome to go back to and go, that's my life verse. I love, those are just solid places like that. God, I know you, I have a life verse. Am I born again? Yes, I know that I received you, but I actually, there's actually a date that you reminded me, God, that there's a date that I was born. I mean, all of us have a birth date, I think. Do we all have a birth date? I think so. If you don't, I'm going to talk to you afterwards and find out what happened. But, but a, a birth of being born again, you don't have to, but it's cool to go, God, I was, I was born again on this date. I get so mixed up. The Lord blessed me that I actually was born again on my birthday. That was kind of cool. So on my 22nd birthday, and I'm only 29, so on my 22nd birthday, why are you laughing? <laughs> No, I appreciate it too. I'm forgetting the leader's name, but he just uh, accepted the Lord in 92 and just given his age out. I'm not going to give my age out, but um, to have a, have a date of going, God, I, I know I've had a spiritual birth and I do want to celebrate my birthday knowing you and I have a life verse. Those are just solid things to hang on to. So remaining close to Jesus, that's the first part of the first point of God knowing you and walking with you, um, having that heart correct with you, remain close to Jesus. You guys go back to Joel. Chapter 2, again. You guys are probably already there. Let's be quick with these iPads. So again, verse 13 says, so rend your heart, not your garments. First part was remain close to Jesus. So return to the Lord your God. Second part was remember his attributes. So remain close to Jesus. Remember his attributes. Uh, Continuing on there in verse 13, he says, For he, speaking of the Lord, he is gracious and merciful. He is gracious and merciful. Go to Ephesians for a second. This should be up on the board for you, but Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 4 through 8. Remember his attributes. Look at Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 2 with me. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, which in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and that not of, your so, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Those key parts right there of he's graceful and merciful. His grace and mercy. You guys remember. You guys are well taught here. Mercy. We Grace. I think, well, I do. I go along and I, there's things that I receive from him, from the Lord. Sorry, I'm wrestling with the thing here. I just, I take it for granted. And we're, I'm your child. I'm his child. So the things that I get, I mean, there's things that my children get from me or my, now my grandchildren that they just, they just get. I don't, I don't really expect them to acknowledge that they get it. But, and I don't go, hey, do you realize I did this for you? It's something I give them. When I think about what the Lord gave, mercy and grace that he poured on my life nonstop, continuously, and I just kind of go along, and not that I forget, but I take it almost at moments for granted that that's what he does. That's who he is. That's what I get. And I forget. I go, God, help me not to forget that. Help me be mindful to remember your attributes, to remember who you are and what you give that this mercy and this grace, just that definition of mercy. Again, you guys are well taught here. Mercy, remember, is not getting what we deserve. Mercy, if, if I'm guilty of something, if I did something wrong, you guys are well taught, you know that. If I ran a red light and get pulled over, I deserve a ticket because I broke the law. That's what I deserve. That's, I did something, I deserve that. If he comes and he says, I'm going to give you a warning this time, sir. I can see that you are very old and you don't see very good. I'm not going to blame you for that. But don't do it again. There's a warning. I just got, I received mercy from that officer. I deserved that. Now, if he really wanted to show grace in my life, he might have paid for my lunch so then he gives me a gift card for In-N-Out that said, you know, I'm not going to give you a ticket. In fact, I want you to not drive anymore. Get off the road. Here's a gift card and call your wife to pick you up or something. <laughs> not getting what we deserve is mercy. Receiving what we don't deserve is grace. It's on us continuously. But am I mindful of it? Do I remember just another challenge. How do I keep my heart right? Because if I remember that, that I get, I'm getting that. I'm receiving that from him. But then I got to be reminded, but God, the person that's next to me on the freeway, behind me, in front of me, next to me, just cut me off or didn't. The person that's taking my money at the grocery store that could care less that they look me in the eye and even smile because I want to, everyone around me, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. So God so loved the world. So every person I see that I'm come in contact with, he poured his mercy and wants to give them his grace. That's what who he is. But I'm forget because it's all about me. And the stupid things that are going on, the things I can't do, the things they're going to make me do, the things they're trying to take away from me, the things that they're trying to make law or take away, or 
All of it. I can, I can, it can admit all the noise. There's a lot of noise. But, oh yeah, your, your attributes, Lord, your mercy and your grace that's been poured out on me nonstop and poured out on them because you love them and you want them to know you. And how are they going to know you unless maybe, maybe somebody that has peace in their feet was sent their way to share a life that's full of grace and mercy. That same grace and mercy was poured out on Moses, bringing the people out, the, the nation out through the whole wilderness time, through their whole disobedient time, through all that they went through, that same grace and mercy. And it's poured out on the nations that they were going to be around that same God who wants them to see his grace. So keeping our hearts right. I can't control the guy that the car next to me or the lady that's serving me could care less or we think they don't. We don't know what they're going through. The same grace and mercy. So if I remember that, so if I can remain close to Jesus by knowing my relationship with him and I can remember his attributes so I can shine and remember he loves those all around me with the same attributes... He's shown his mercy for sure, but now he wants to give him his grace. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not a work. Lord, help me. It's my heart correct. So remain close to Jesus. Remember his attributes. And back to that second part of Joel 13, chapter 2, 13. Repeat his actions. Remain close to Jesus. Remember his attributes. Repeat his actions. Uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 13, that last part of 13 that says, slow to anger and of great kindness and relents from doing harm. Look at that first part there, slow to anger. Slow. Why? To anger. Slow. Why? Sim simply. If it's not, listen, if it's not a righteous, godly anger, it's wrong. If it's not a righteous, godly anger, it's wrong. Go to, go to James for a second. Probably up on the board for you. James chapter 1, verse 19. Excuse me. Sorry. It's a great break pastor's pulpit. He's going <laughs> to. Verse uh, 19 of James 1 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, 
slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I, I want to. I want, God, I want people to see Christ in me, the hope of glory. So to see his attributes, and part of that is to repeat his actions, being slow to anger, being slow to speak, um, keeping that same thought. Look at uh, Proverbs 27. You'll see it up on your board, up on the board too, I think. Um, verse, let's see, verse 4. Wrath is cruel, and we can agree to that. Wrath is cruel, and anger a torrent. But who is able to stand before jealousy? One more in Proverbs. Chapter 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. So repeat his actions. First one there was slow to anger. Um, that, sec that second part of repeating his actions great kindness, because slow to anger, and of great kindness. Great kindness. Remember that kindness, this is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, you see Galatians 5 up there. You guys are familiar, very familiar with that, but let's read it. Galatians 5. Verse 22. Great kindness. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Here at verse 22 says, but the fruit of the whole of the Spirit, sorry, do that again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Fruit of the, whole, fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is a byproduct. It's, it's, it's a fruit. It's, it's produced. Kindness is produced. Don't get, don't get guilty, ridden, and, oh, God, I don't even know if I know you. Man, my, I yelled at I, whoever I yelled at. I yelled at my kids, my grandkids, my neighbor, my, my people that I work with. That's why, God, there's forgiveness. But kindness this is something that encourages my heart, is to be reminded of, that it's, it's a byproduct of being with him. It's produced from him. It's a, it's a fruit of the spirit. It's not something that I have. So as I spend time with him, as I'm looking to him, it's something that comes out of, out of that. It's a byproduct. It's produced. That's why I'm, I'm reminded with that to keep reading. There's a reason I read. There's a reason I have my Bible. There's a reason I'm in it. First, to know my Lord, to hear his voice, to be encouraged by him. But just as important as that is to know him and to know his attributes and remember what he's done for me and that spending time with him and being filled. I am. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to I reckon that old man dead and build that new man up so that I can be kind. 
you, you might hear somebody say, man, you're so, man, you're so full of peace and you're so kind and man, I just, I want to be like you. <laughs> you don't know me. I'm glad what you see and that's what I want, but that's, a, that's me, that's you letting the spirit grow out of you, letting him work in you, having that reading time, that praying time, spending time with him, again, being quiet, being still, having fellowship, having communion, remembering what he did for us. You guys are going through the book of Acts on Sundays. You've already went through chapter two. Pastor Randy's probably spent like five weeks on 242, didn't he? No? Fellowship. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, prayer. Yeah, Mike, we don't want to do it again, okay? We went through it. No, it's a reminder. So it's a byproduct. So being slow to anger, repeating his actions, slow to anger, being kind, letting the fruit of the Spirit work through me. And then this third part of that verse in Joel said, relents from doing harm. He's slow to anger and great kindness and relents from doing harm. What's the opposite of harm? Good. The opposite of harm is good. Look at, uh, it's going to be up there for you. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. Let's see, verse uh, 24. This is the Lord's view. This is what he does. This is what he, how he sees. Because remember, these are, this is what the Lord is. This is who he is. But these are actions that he has. If I can repeat these actions. But here's, here's his view. He says, and the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord, our God, for our good always, that he might preserve, preserve us alive as it is this day. Verse 25, then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord, our God, as he has commanded us. Uh, keep, keep that in mind. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. Again, very familiar. But this is what the Lord, his view of relenting from harm, from doing good, says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. As I keep my eyes on him, as I remember my relationship with him and who I am in him, and remember his attributes, and everybody around me are open and available to get those attributes from him, to receive mercy from him, Everyone I see, he wants to give that gift to. He wants to show that to. If I remember that um, and remember his actions, 
Remember that he is slow to anger and he is of great kindness and he relents from doing harm. He's a good God. Um, then another question comes, is this my heart? Can I do this? Uh, do I really, and as I look about that, do I really want the best for all those around me? Or again, is it just about me? I don't think that's true for anybody here. You guys are, I'm going to beat this up. Um, not because I'm angry. It's just, you know. Because, Lord, people need to see you. And it is a short time here. It's a really short time. I mean, if he gives us 105 years, that's amazing. But 105 years compared to our eternity? And I know you hear that a lot. But we're at the end of it, guys. I mean, whether you're 23 years old and God's going to give you 80 more years or you're like me on the last quarter of it, we'll, we'll see. But Lord, it's a short time, so it is about you. So my question to my heart was, Lord, is this my heart? Do I care about those around me? Go, go to Philippians. Am I really thinking, do I really want those around me to have your best? And I believe all of you here do. But just a reminder what Philippians reminds us of. Paul speaking to the, the, that church at Philippi. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction or affection, I'm sorry, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. He's speaking to the church here. He's speaking to those that are like-minded and encouraging them and saying, continue on like you guys are doing. You're continuing on. You're building each other up. You're being equipped. You get here on Sundays, Wednesdays, men's events, men's uh, retreats coming up. Those that might be out witnessing fellowship nights, you're here building up for what? Just so we can be a little night, nice, tight knit community here. And that's who we are. And then we leave. Yeah, we leave for a purpose, for a reason to go out and be that. So to continue to build this up so that, Lord, I can think of others around me so I can be mindful that, Lord, you love them. They don't know you. Or maybe they've walked from you. And by my actions, they'll see you. Help me with that. And so you guys are built. That's what Paul was telling them. Lord, help me to, to keep that in mind, to keep my heart correct and not just tear my pocket over this sin or be so mad at what's going on. I lost focus of who you are. And remember, tear my heart, God. Tear, tear my heart. Break my heart with the sin of this place. With my own sin, if I've walked from you, that now 
that I could have that heart that remains close to Jesus and remembers his attributes and repeat his actions. Lord, help us to truly have broken hearts and not just a torn shirt. Amen. Let's go to uh, the book of Psalms and close with this verse. Psalm 34, you'll see it up on the board. 34:17. Psalm 34, verse 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. You guys, we're righteous because of Jesus Christ. You're righteous because of Jesus. We know that. You guys, again, are well taught. So when we cry out, when we have troubles, when we're going, I don't know what to do, Lord. This is overwhelming. I'm confused. Why, why is this happening? Why, is, why are they in control? Why are, all, all, all the noise. We cry out. It says right here, when we cry, when the righteous cry out, who hears? The Lord hears. And delivers, look at, and delivers them out of all their troubles. We are delivered. Right now, we're not, we may, not, we may experience portions of that, and in the flesh, sections of that. But also, what's our full delivery? What's our final, guys? We're in with him. Whatever we go through here, short, long, whatever that looks like, and I'm not saying easy. No, it's difficult. Absolutely. But he, I'm already delivered. I'm already a child delivered. He, I, I'm his. So use me for that. Look at verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Lord, keep my heart soft. And if it's not so soft, if it's, if it's gotten pounded a little bit too much, I've been, if it's getting little, if it's calloused a little bit, and mine has been last two years, time and again, and oh, Lord, forgive me. Man, my concentration is in the wrong place. Forgive me. Soften my heart. I want to stay close to you and remember your attributes and repeat your actions. Father, we do thank you for your love and your grace and who you are and all that you've done. Father, if there's anyone in, our, in the room here in the sanctuary, in the overflow uh, spot, in uh, mother's room, I'm not sure. I, everyone, everywhere that might be hearing um, my voice right now, and even, I'm not sure, uh, online or later on on Facebook, that would has yet to have this relationship with Jesus Christ would consider the beginnings of having that soft heart would be knowing you because in, in, our, in our sin, we, we can't. And I pray that, if it, again, if there's anyone in here um, 
they would uh, make that decision and want to receive Christ as their Savior. With every believer's head bowed, if, if, if within our room, even though it's low, um, and you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd love to pray with you if you've not received Christ as of yet. Again, to thank you, Lord, for everyone here that working in their hearts. Help us to keep that heart. Because, Lord, we want to be used by you. We want to glorify you. And it's, we got a short time to do it. Help us to keep that correct perspective, to keep that soft heart, uh, not just tear our pocket. So, Lord, we love you. Uh, commit the rest of the day to you. Thank you again for Calvary Chapel Upland. Uh, be with our pastor here. Bless uh, Randy and his wife. Continue to have your hand upon them. Get them back here uh, quickly. And again, go before us today. Be glorified in the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen.